The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. I wanted to continue a reflection on wisdom. We could say that the purpose, the whole purpose of our practice, the cultivation of the Eightfold Path, what we do, what we do is we practice. is to cultivate the path to develop wisdom, which will allow our mind to understand how it has been misunderstanding experience. So the wisdom that that is cultivated helps us to understand suffering, basically. Helps us to understand why we're suffering and why we're struggling. So the whole of the Eightfold Path is designed to cultivate, to develop, to support the development of the wisdom that frees the mind, that helps the mind to let go of the things that create that stress, create that suffering. Last week we talked about the kinds of insights into experience being impermanent, unreliable, not self as a way to understand that wisdom, the kind of wisdom that's developed. And these insights, these understandings are very freeing when we can recognize experience as being impermanent, not lasting. We understand that it's not a reliable place to try to hold on to that experience as a source of lasting happiness. And so the mind begins to let go of the craving, of the clinging. Because it understands there isn't, it, it's, it's an exercise in futility to try to hold on to something that's impermanent, un, unreliable. It also begins to understand, we also begin to understand the, that a lot of this motivation to cling is rooted in a mistaken understanding of me needing to hold on to something of of an identity, identification with what's happening. It's not only that we hold on to experience, but we also hold on to a sense of who we are. I am the one who does whatever we habitually do. And paradoxically, we, we even hold on to these unhelpful habits and patterns. We hold on to, at times, we hold on to anger or confusion or frustration because it's familiar, because we have, it has been so conditioned in our experience. It's happened a lot, and we mistakenly attribute a kind of solidity or a permanence to that as a sense of who I am. And so these understandings help to free the mind from the clinging, the craving, the holding on to things, thinking they are reliable, they are permanent, and that I have some control. 
Today I'd like to explore wisdom from another angle, another definition of wisdom in the Buddhist teachings is that we deepen our understanding into the Four Noble Truths. And there's a, a kind of different levels of insight that are connected with understanding the Four Noble Truths. So I, wanna, I want to explore it from this insight perspective around the Four Noble Truths, not the, the more um, kind of didactical teaching on the Four Noble Truths. That's a place where we begin, sometimes we begin our practice is to just understand the teachings. And we'll do a little bit of that. And, and one of the pieces I want to, uh, to talk about with respect to wisdom is these different, different levels of wisdom. So before going into the insights in the Four Noble Truths, I want to talk about how wisdom itself grows in our practice. So there's... Um, one very brief teaching in the suttas about three different kinds of wisdom. And these three different kinds of wisdom are, and in the Pali, they are Suttamaya Panya, Chintamaya Panya, and Bhavanamaya Panya. Suttamaya Panya is the wisdom that comes with hearing. Sutta literally means to hear. So the wisdom that comes through hearing something or or, uh, receiving information. So this could come through reading or listening. And in in this case, the wisdom that's pointed to is uh, the wisdom that is pointed to in the first factor of the Eightfold Path, wise view. So the wise view that helps us to understand dukkha. So this is really the definition in a way that one of the key definitions of the wisdom that starts the path is the understanding of the Four Noble Truths at this intellectual level to start. That's, that's, where, that's how we have to begin something, a path of practice. Without hearing something about it, we don't even know it, it exists. And so we begin with some hearing. So this, this uh, Suttamaya Panya is, is really where we start. The next uh, level of, of um, wisdom is Chintamaya Panya, which is, Panya is the word for wisdom. I'm not sure quite what Maya means, but basic, basic possibly something like, uh, you know, based on or as a result of or something like that, you know, because the, the, these, the um, Chintamaya Panya, Chinta means something like reflection we're thinking about. So the the next level of wisdom is the is Chintamaya Panya, the wisdom that comes through reflecting about, thinking about. And so with the teachings on the Four Noble Truths, something, someplace where we begin, we hear it, and we don't just simply hear it. It's not just words that come in. We, the way our whole system works is we hear the words and we start reflecting on them. We think about them. Do they make sense to us? How can I understand this? How does it relate to my experience? So this is the second 
way that wisdom begins to kind of infiltrate our our system. So we hear something and then we begin to reflect on it. We think about it. So the teaching around suffering, the Four Noble Truths, the teachings around uh, there is suffering, the suffering is this kind of, this dukkha, this, um, I think one of the key um, understandings that begins to happen around um, suffering is that it's not just, it's, it's not, um, maybe we could say it's a distinction that suffering is different than unpleasant experience. That suffering is a result of relating to experience with craving, with greed, with aversion, delusion. And that's not obvious. So, you know, the teachings that we hear help us to kind of, it's like that's where we start thinking about it. Like for myself, you know, I, I often come back to this early, early um, understanding I had, this early kind of teaching I got. I was interested in understanding my anger. And I'd read a book that said, well, you should try looking at your anger, being with your anger, as opposed to acting on it. Just be with what does it feel like to have anger? So that was a teaching that came in, you know, that was, that was something I heard and I didn't understand it. I mean, I, I, I heard it, but it didn't make any sense to me. My, my initial response was, well, how is that going to help? And so that, you know, that, that kind of, that reflection <clears throat> led to a kind of a doubt or a kind of a, a sense of, I don't know how that's going to work. But at the same time, so along with that wisdom that came in or along with that teaching that came in, I was also talking to a friend or actually emailing with a friend. Um, and that friend said, this has been really useful to me. It has helped. It has really helped me to try this. And so this information that I didn't understand combined with the information that it helped my friend, those kind of went into my system. And it's like, okay. I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. And so there was a willingness to engage. And so this kind of reflection, this is the Chintamayapanya, the taking in of the information and the reflecting on what makes sense. And also I would say what, 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 what was reflected on in that moment was nothing else I've tried has worked in terms of, you know, finding an ease or a peace that feels more lasting or stable. You know, I've tried everything and, you know, oh, you know, this doesn't sound like it makes any sense, but my friend says it works. So yeah, why not give it a try? Why not give it a try? So that, that reflection process included many, many pieces. It wasn't just the information that came in. It was also, you know, my friend's, uh, perspective and also my own past experience. So I've, I've tried a lot of things to navigate this struggle and stress in my life and very little has really helped. And my friend says, this has been helpful. So yeah, I'm willing to give it a try. So that all was the Chintamayapanya. And then the, the third level of wisdom, the Bhavanamayapanya, 
the wisdom that comes with development. Bhavana means growth or development. And so this is where we engage. This is the wisdom that comes as we start to engage. And this is a very iterative process. The wisdom that comes with the engagement, the stepping onto the Eightfold Path. So to bring this back to the Eightfold Path again, you know, right view starts the path. And um, the next step of the Eightfold Path is wise intention. So we hear something. We hear something with the, the teachings. We reflect on it. And for me, the intention then arose, I'm going to give it a try. So the intention to engage. That's also important in terms of stepping onto the path. With that intention, then we, we move into the aspect of wisdom where the, it can be, 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 we can start to develop the wisdom. but through the engagement. And the Buddha says this over and over again, you know, the teachings point the way you have got to engage. You can't just sit there and read and think about, you've got to pick it up. You've got to do the work. So that's, that's an important part of, of the, the, the path and the eightfold path essentially then lays out from wise intention, then lays out the steps. It lays out the sila, the, the ethical conduct that supports the, 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 the understanding that, that dukkha, that suffering is kind of not just put on us by the world, but is something that our minds actively participate in creating, we begin to have a sense of not wanting to put it out into the world. We, 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 un- we understand that if I want to um, be free from my own internal suffering, then the engagement in the world that, that, that the heart, the heart kind of understands, yeah, that it, it's not helpful to put that out into the world. It's not helpful to put unskillful conduct, unethical conduct into the world. And that, and this also is a, you know, some ways to begin the path of practice that are behavioral, that are relational. This aspect of the Eightfold Path really firmly grounds our practice, not only just in internal exploration, but in relational exploration, how we are in the world, how we relate in the world. And yet that cultivation, the cultivation, the development of wisdom also needs not only the behavioral engagement with refraining from killing, refraining from taking what's not given, refraining from harming through sexuality, refraining from false speech, the engagement with ethical conduct. It also um, needs the cultivation of the, the third aspect of the Eightfold Path, the Samadhi aspect, the wise effort, wise mindfulness, and wise concentration to begin to look at our own hearts and minds, the deepening of really understanding how suffering is created. The difference, really understanding the difference between suffering 
an unpleasant experience, really understanding that our minds are actively engaged in creating what we call suffering. And that unpleasant experience, we can experience unpleasant experience without suffering. That's, that's counterintuitive too at first when we, we first meet it. So these three levels of wisdom We engage in, it's kind of like almost in an iterative process. It's like we, we hear some teachings, we reflect on them, and we engage a little bit. And with that engagement, we often begin to experience something differently. So that first thing that I, you know, first time I decided to really pick up this practice and, and begin to look at the anger over the course of some weeks, I began really experiencing the value of doing the, pra- the path of practice, of doing it. I began feeling much less whipped around by my anger, much less like at the mercy of my anger, just hapless responding to anger, and much more able to navigate it. So I began to understand the value of doing the practice, which led to more wanting to understand how to practice and engage. Thinking about that, more understanding arose. And so there is a a way that this practice deepens gradually over and over again. The Eightfold Path, too. It's like we continually cycle through it. We continually, it's like we're walking the path I had this image the other, the last, I think it was last night as I was thinking about this. We're walking the path and we maybe have, you know, a little bit of, of these threads. It's like each, each aspect of the Eightfold Path is a thread. And we've picked up wise view and wise intention. And they're helping us to go a little further. And we pick up the, the wise speech, wise, wise action, wise livelihood and wise effort, wise mindfulness, wise concentration, we pick up all of those threads and we kind of weave them together. And with that, there's a, the, the understanding that comes with weaving those threads together. It's like then another thread of wise view comes along and we can weave that one in and another of wise intention and we weave that one in. It's like we continually just keep weaving in deeper and deeper levels of understanding. because and And I think that's needed because the the ways in which our minds cling and crave, we can, we start to see kind of some of the obvious ways, you know, that like for, for myself, that anger was one of the most obvious ways that I suffered and what was going on there. And, and as there, there was some understanding there that began to weaken and there was much more ability to see other things that were going on that also created stress and suffering in my life. So we, we kind of begin with the most obvious levels and those begin to release. And then we see some, some other levels of stress and suffering. So the Four Noble Truths, as a basic foundational understanding, um, kind of the, a basic wisdom that the Buddha pointed to, there's a, a teaching that the actually in the suttas the, the the four noble truths as statements of what are the four noble truths 
there's some of that in the suttas, the kind of the didactic, you know, here's what the Four Noble Truths are. And yet the majority of the way the teaching on the Four Noble Truths is expressed is as understanding, is as insight. So there, it's over and over um, said, you know, one would understand this is suffering. So that's a kind of an expression of insight. This is suffering. It doesn't really, actually, on the face of it, sound much like an insight. But it is that shift, that shift that I was talking about of recognizing the suffering is not the unpleasantness of experience. The suffering is the mind's relationship to experience. And the mind can be relating to pleasant experience in a way that creates unpleasantness. So if the mind is holding on to pleasant experience, got some tension and fear and contraction of, of you know, so like we want to keep something and we're holding on to it and there's fear there. That's unpleasant. The fear itself is unpleasant. The fear that the unpleasantness of the fear is, uh, is um, experienced as suffering, but it's not the unpleasantness. It's the fear itself. So the, um, the mind begins to understand or be curious about the real, how we relate to experience. And we begin to, to notice that. So for yourself, you know, can you remember the times or, or some times that you notice that difference? Notice that, that, oh, it's the actual picking up and holding on to something that's creating the suffering. For me, around this anger in those first few weeks, you know, it was it was kind of the the, the most obvious way it was experienced was kind of like, um, wow, I've got this idea that somehow this being mad at this person, being angry at this person, is going to make them miserable, and they're seven thousand miles away. They don't even know I'm angry, and I'm miserable. The, 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 the recognition of the difference between what I thought the anger was doing for me versus what the actual experience was. That's that understanding, that insight. Oh, this is suffering. The mind is doing this. So the, the first and second noble truths in this, in, in one of these teachings, it, it points to not only just the simple insight of this is dukkha. But it, it expresses it at three levels. And each of the four noble truths has an insight at three different levels. So that sounds complicated, but they basically have a similar pattern. So the first noble truth, this is dukkha. That's the first understanding, the first insight. The second insight is this dukkha should be understood so we see, first of all, we see, oh, this is how it works. <laughs> this is what dukkha is. It's, it's, it's the something, this thing that's going on in my mind. And that kind of leads to the, the sense of, wow, it would be useful to understand this thing that's going on in my mind. So it should be understood. And the third insight is basically the completion where it has been understood. That, that experience of um, suffering having been understood, that, that is often connected with a sense of release, of, of, 
of the the recognition of oh that's that's how suffering can end and so these three in the first noble truth suffering this is dukkha this is suffering suffering should be understood and suffering has been understood that third one really points to the third noble truth of the freedom the release from suffering so the second noble truth has similar three uh, understandings. So this is this is the arising of suffering, is the the way it's framed. Sometimes it's this is the cause of suffering. It's translated as this is the cause of suffering, but the word itself um, is most frequently translated from the Pali as arising. And so this is this is recognizing. How does suffering come to be? How does it happen? And and the understanding that happens there is that suffering happens when craving is arising. So the the, the, the I think it's an interesting kind of distinction to to make with the the sometimes the translation is craving is the cause of suffering. Craving causes suffering. But that, that to me is, is kind of like A causes B means that A and B are different. They're different things. The framing of or using the, the, um, the word arising there, we could say that that second noble truth could be stated. With the arising of craving is the arising of suffering. So it's a it's a slightly different flavor that craving and suffering are co-arising. They happen together. And in fact, the experience when we really taste what craving is, it is suffering. And so this second noble truth then kind of weaves us back into that first understanding, the arising of craving is the arising of suffering. This is suffering, this craving. And so with that, with that understanding, this is the arising of craving with the uh, craving, suffering arises with craving. Then the uh, second um, uh, insight around the second noble truth is this craving should be let go of. Because, again, the recognition is that this is the mind doing the craving. We really feel into, as we practice through the engagement with the path, we feel into how craving is, is strictly something happening in our minds. Nobody can make us crave. And this is good news. You know, nobody else can make us crave. No thing outside of us can make us crave. It is the conditioned habits and patterns that arise in our minds that create craving to arise. But those conditioned habits and patterns can be shifted. And so that's this, this flavor of the second noble truth. The, the craving sh- should be released. It can be released and it should be. It should be let go of. Craving should be released. And then the third, craving has been released, again, points to the the freedom that comes 
when we actually experience what it is for craving to release. So craving has been released is, is the experiential recognition of the release of craving. So these first two noble truths, it is the path of practice. This, this does not happen. These understandings do not happen without engagement, without curiosity about what our experience actually is through mindfulness, through wise effort, through wise mindfulness, through a continuity of mindfulness, through wise concentration. Wise effort, wise mindfulness, wise concentration work together to create that continuity of mindfulness to let us see and understand this is suffering. To let us recognize that craving, when craving arises, suffering is arising, and that craving, when released, releases suffering. So that's, that's what happens as we practice. We see this for ourselves. We see that. So this is, and this is a deepening of wisdom. Each of these insights that, that this is suffering. This is dukkha. We could say that's kind of one level of the experiential understanding. This is dukkha. Dukkha should be understood kind of like the, the picking up of, yeah, this is useful. This is valuable. It takes seeing it. It takes seeing and understanding in our own experience. Like for myself, the the um, uh, experience with the seeing the anger as being suffering here in, in my experience, as opposed to hurting the other person. Oh, this this is hurts here. It would be useful to understand this. So that's, that's a deepening of that wisdom that then engages us more, right? It, it actually helps us pick up more of the intention to keep us going. So we begin to appreciate that understanding suffering helps us to see that craving arises, that suffering arises with craving, and the further cultivation of that, the further uh, um, exploration, we, we begin to notice or feel craving release at times. And so that experience, craving lets go. Or we notice craving not arise we may actually notice that. I would say that was my first real um, deep understanding in these, in these noble truths is the, the seeing of the anger, you know, kind of the mind getting familiar with the anger over a few months and then recognizing one day the kind of mind heading towards anger, seeing the mind kind of inclining to pick up anger, and But seeing that, seeing the mind heading in the direction of anger, knowing that way lies suffering. So that, again, that connects with that first noble truth. Seeing that way lies suffering. And the mind let it go before it arose. It let go of the intention. It let go of the direction before it arose. And so I experienced in that moment the non-arising 
of suffering. So we can experience this understanding. The third noble truth itself has these three levels of understanding. This is the ending of suffering. The ending of suffering should be realized. The ending of suffering has been realized. Those three are the insights connected with the third noble truth. This is the ending of suffering, or this is the non-arising of suffering. It could be understood that way too. At times it may be experienced when we feel a craving let go. We experience the mind let go of something. It's like, oh, right, this is just this happening. And we feel a whole set of like the mind letting go and and release from a, a way we've been tied up and caught up in something. So we feel that release. That's a taste of that. This is the ending of suffering. Just the, the beginning taste of that. And that beginning taste helps us to um, want to engage more because we feel it's like our system. When we feel that release, our whole system goes, yeah, that way is good. That way is helpful. That way lies much less suffering. And so with that, we, we also then get much more committed to the path of practice because we see that what we've been doing, how we've been engaging, what we've been developing, the Eightfold Path, has contributed to seeing that moment of something different, a little more freedom, the non-arising of suffering or the letting go of suffering. So in my own experience, that, that moment, which I've described so many times, I mean, I really, I really feel like it was, you know, I see it in so many ways. I see it from so many different angles, that moment where the mind cutting through an apple saw the mind go to, uh, the, the thought of a person, the person I was angry with and seeing that intention, you know, not being angry in that moment, but seeing the intention to jump on that thought and think more thoughts in order to get angry at them. But seeing that the mind just let it go. That moment was like all, all of those Four Noble Truths, the insights into those Four Noble Truths in that moment. In that moment, there was the understanding of that way lies suffering the intention towards the anger that would create suffering. That's the craving that would create suffering. The understanding that the mind doesn't have to do that. The non-arising of that craving. And the next thing that really happened was the mind uh, or the, the kind of the appreciation for, wow, this is powerful. This path is powerful. I'm going to keep doing this. So that, that next, the, the, the fourth noble truth, the three insights are, this is the path. This is the way to the end of suffering. And so that, that recognition of, wow, what I've been doing, this is helpful. This is a path. This path should be cultivated. That's the, that's the action. The path should be cultivated path should be cultivated. And that was really what I landed with. Not that the path has been cultivated, although there'd been some cultivation of the path, but it was much more, yes, I'm going to keep doing this. This works. This is useful. This is helpful. 
So the, uh, the Eightfold Path is, the, the Fourth Noble Truth is the path leading to the ending of suffering, but the, the insights around it, those maybe are a little bit less appreciated, but I think the, the insights around that Fourth Noble Truth I mean, we mostly think about the fourth noble truth as being, oh, yeah, I need to learn the Eightfold Path and and do the Eightfold Path. But the insights around it, this is the path. This is what's helpful. This is valuable, doing the Eightfold Path. It's, It's useful to have this perspective of wise view and wise understanding. It's useful to engage in sila. It's useful to cultivate wise effort, wise mindfulness, and wise concentration. This is the path there's a, the, 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 this is the path part connects with, this is the way that leads towards less suffering and more freedom. We have an experiential understanding of that with that fourth, the insight into the fourth noble truth. This is the path. This is the way. That's what really keeps us on the path. Understanding the value of what we're doing. And so that's that second insight into the into the fourth noble truth. This path should be developed. This path should be cultivated. It's going to help. It's going to support the mind having more freedom. And the, you know, the third insight in all three of these, suffering has been understood, craving has been released. The ending of suffering has been realized and the path has been cultivated. I feel like those really kind of happen all together. You know, there's the, the, when we see, deeply understand suffering. We ha- when we have understood suffering, we already understand in that moment when suffering, we understand suffering and it, uh, it has been understood. It has been, what has been understood is that craving causes suffering and that it needs to be released and it has been released. And in that moment of the release of suffering is the understanding of this is what the ending of suffering is like. And the understanding that the path to that cultivation has been developed. So the Four Noble Truths, this is suffering. This is the arising of suffering with craving is the arising of suffering. The possibility for the ending of craving leads to the ending of suffering. And the path, the Eightfold Path, the actions associated with each of those Suffering should be understood that that, that with each of these noble truths, there's an action. And that action ends up connecting to the understanding or the insight. So we take the action to understand suffering, which leads to the insight into this is dukkha. This should be understood and has been understood. The second noble truth, the, uh, Action is to let go of craving. And that that happens through the cultivation of the path. So craving should be released, has been released. The third noble truth, the action is to realize 
actually realize in experience the ending of suffering. Just thinking about it doesn't cut it. You've got to realize it. It's, it's not going to free the mind unless there's realization. And then the fourth noble truth, the eightfold path, the path needs to be cultivated or developed. 